Welcome into the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football on 96.9, The Legend. Got a fun show planned for you guys this week. I'm going to be joined by Coach Richard Tisdale of the Slocum Red Tops. We'll talk about the Red Tops winning their second straight three Region 2 title. They defeated Whisburg on Friday night, 14-7. to And we'll also preview their matchup with Geneva County for this Thursday night. Of course, we'll go around to Wiregrass, give you all the scores from Week 9, and update you on who's going to the playoffs in the Wiregrass and who won Region's titles and who finished where in the Region's as well. And then at the end of the show, of course, we will go over the schedule for the final week of high school football regular season this week. Before we do all that, let you guys know you can find me in the podcast. You can find me on social media at PJordanSEC. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, so please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. Of course, you can also listen over on 955.tvy.com, 969thelegend.com, and 1067kmx.com. Now, let's go around the wiregrass. All right, as always, we start off in 7A Region 2. Auburn defeated Enterprise 42-28. Smith Station defeated Dothan 43-17. And Prattville defeated Jeff Davis 36-9. And we were talking Josh Boutwell last week here on the show and had Enterprise 1. It would have caused a three-way tie for second place and then some all kind of different scenarios. Tiebreakers would have had to take place. Not to worry about that because with the win, Auburn finished the second in the region behind Central Phoenix City. Enterprise is at third, and then Enterprise, Prattville's at third. Enterprise finishes at fourth at three and three. At Enterprise, they will have to go on the road in the first round of playoffs in two weeks when they play at Fairhope. In 6A Region 2, the only team in the Wiregrass in this region is Eufaula. They did win on Friday night 28-6 to to finish the season 5-5 five and 4-3 five and and in region play. But with the loss, they didn't get any help. They tied with Carver, both for 4-3, and three, and Carver won the head-to-head this year. So Carver will go to the playoffs. This was the final game of the season for Eufaula, and they did have a big game from Jamarian Lewis. He had two touchdowns. But uh, it is the end of the season for Eufaula, and that will be the end of – of the 6A Region 2 coverage here on the podcast, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see who does uh, win the state title in 6A Region 2. The winner of that region was Opelika at 7-0. and In 5A Region 2 on Thursday night, Rehoboth defeated Northside Methodist 32-8. to Andalusia defeated Carroll 48-24. to Charles Henderson defeated Headland 42-21. to In the game, Charles Henderson was led by Juwan Boyd, who had 181 yards receiving, 172 yards on kick and pump returns, and four touchdowns. So in this region, two teams that made a playoff, Andalusia and Carroll. Andalusia finishes third at 4-3, 64 overall. Their season, regular season, is over with. And Carroll goes three and three in region four and five they do have a game this friday night now do not know who these two teams are playing just because of some tiebreakers in some other other regions out there so they have to wait till this friday until we know their matchups uh for the first round of the playoffs now pack road wins the region greenville finished second and area team charles henderson they finished uh fifth in the in the region going two and four they do have a game this week so their regular season is not done Rehoboth's season is done. They go 1-6 in Region 4-6 and six overall. In Headland, their season is over. They go 0-6 in Region play and 2-8 and eight overall. 
In 4A Region 2, Booker T. Washington defeated Ashford 26-14. St. James defeated Geneva 49-26. And Strawn defeated Dale County 21-18. And Dale County needed to win that game uh, to go to the playoffs, but they lost, so they are eliminated from playoff contention. So teams that we cover here that are going to the playoffs out of this region, Strawn, they finished second, 5-2, so their regular season is done. And Geneva finishes fourth, going 4-3 four in the region, 6-4 overall, so their regular season also done. Uh, Dale County finishes tied for fifth at three and four, four and six overall. And Ashford finishes the season 0 and seven in region play and 0 and nine overall. So they have a game this Friday and St. James wins the region. In the playoff matchups for teams in the Wiregrass, uh, Strong will host Cherokee County and Geneva will be at Henley. In 3A Region 2, on Thursday night, Providence defeated Delville 41-6. Then we jump into Friday night. Slocum defeated Whitsburg 14-7. Of course, we're about to have Coach Tisdale on the show to talk about this win. This is the second region title in a row for the Slocum Red Tops. Opp defeated W.S. Neal 34-8. Quarterback Gray Jennings was 9-17 for 194 yards and four touchdowns. And Houston Academy defeated New Brockton. 49 to 8. So, like I said, Slocum wins the region 5 and 1 over Op. They both have 5 1 records, but Slocum wins the region due to the head to head matchup two weeks ago uh, by defeating Op. Op season it is done. They are 8 and 2 overall. Whitsburg season is over. They finished third at 4 and 2, 7 and 3 overall. Houston Academy has a game this Friday, but in region they finished 4 and 2 for fourth place and they are 6 and 3 right now. Providence, New Brighton, and Delville, they don't make the playoffs. Providence finishes the year in Region 2 and 4. They have a game Friday. They are 3 and 6 overall. New Broughton and Delville, their seasons are over with. New Broughton finishes 4 and 6, and Delville finishes 0 and 10. And we look at the playoffs in a couple weeks. Wicksburg will be at Trinity, Realtown at Op, Houston Academy will be at Catholic Montgomery, and then you'll have Dadeville at Slocum. And 2A Region 2, now this was interesting going into last week. On Thursday night, Elba defeated Houston County 40-12. Then on Friday, GW Long defeated Abbeville 41-0. Ayrton defeated Cottonwood 59-24. Geneva County defeated Zion Chapel 55-28. So there's a three-way tie, technically, in, uh, in 2A Region 2. GW Long, Ayrton, Elba are all 6-1. I really recommend. I mean, I could I could go through it, but someone that does it much better than me, David Mundy, Dothan Eagle, go check it out. The article there where he breaks down the tiebreaker, but just kind of the, the the simplistic way of looking at it. Elba is unofficially the region champs here. They should be officially the region champs uh, after this Friday. Uh, Geneva County they finished fourth in the region at four and three. Now Ayrton and Elba their regular seasons are over. They both finished nine and one. Cottonwood and Houston County, their season over with. Cottonwood finishes fifth in the region at five and five, three and four in region play. Houston County also goes five and five on the year. Abbeville, they are one and six in region, one and seven overall. Zion Chapel, zero and seven, zero and nine overall. And those two teams do play, not each other, but they do play this Friday. And when it comes to playoff matchups, D.W. Long will be at B.B. Comer. Lafayette will be at Ayrton. D.W. <laughs> Geneva County will be at Lynette. Some of these tank names that get you tongue tied when you try to talk real fast. And then Ranburn will be at Elba. Then a 1A Region 1, Brantley defeated Florala 54-24. Red Level defeated Pleasant Home 33-22. Kenson defeated Sampson 21-20 in overtime. This was very historic. Big, big evening uh, for Kenston here. This is their seventh victory of the season, which is a school record. And also... They will finish second in the region, which means they will get to host their very first playoff game in a couple weeks. 
when we look at the region overall, uh, Brantley 7-0 win the region. We have not we said that about Brantley in 1A Region 1. Uh, Kinston and Sansa, of course, tied for second, but Kinston would uh, head-to-head. And both their seasons are over with. Uh, both teams finished 7-3 overall. McKenzie did finish 4-4-3, four, 6-4 four and three, six and four overall. Of course, their season is over as well. Then you have Florala, Red Level, Pleasant Home, and Georgiana. When you look at the playoff matchups right now set for these teams in the region that you know that we cover here, uh, RC Hatch will be at Brantley, Sampson at Linden, and Central Haynesville will travel and play at Kinston, which, like I said, will be Kinston's first ever playoff game that they get to host at home so congratulations to them and real quickly an update out of aisa lakeside Abbeville christian lakeside won 26 to 14 this knocks Abbeville christian out of playoffs this was a battle for two teams uh, for the fourth spot in their region so Abbeville christian will not make the playoffs last year after making it to the state championship game last year so Abbeville christian finishes one and four in region play they're two and seven right now they will play at Macon east this friday who is six and four on the year and that's going to do it for Around the Wiregrass. Uh, and now it's time to bring on Slocum Red Tops head coach, Richard Tisdale. Everybody joining me this week on the Wiregrass High School Football Report, making yet his third visit to the show this year, is Coach Richard Tisdale, head coach of the Slocum Red Tops, who won on Friday night 14-7 uh, to in Whitsburg to clinch their back-to-back 3A Region 2 title. And uh, Coach Tisdale, as always, appreciate you taking time to come on the show. Yeah, thank you, Philip, and thanks for covering us. And and I know I like when you call me because it means something good happened Friday night. So, uh, <laughs> so excited to be here. It's just like oh, I didn't dream it. Uh, we had something. It was it was a good Friday night. So Philip Jordan is uh is texting me. So it must be something good. Uh, but uh, you know, right. you know, aside from that, just you know, just I, what was the excitement like with the you know with the team? I mean, I was watching the game on my iPad as I was you know in the studio producing the Death of Wolves game, but I could see when you guys had won the game, the excitement there, just, you know, on the field, I mean, with the players just winning, winning back-to-back region titles, just what, what was the excitement level for your players? Yeah, it was really unbelievable. And, you know, we set that as a goal once we won it last year. And then beginning of this year, just like everybody else, we faced a lot of adversity. And, you know, we shut down for um, almost a whole week of practice with COVID. And, and then we had several kids have COVID. Um, on the team and got sent home and had to cancel our jamboree and um you know i told somebody this weekend that this friday night was the first time we got to play the same offensive line two games in a row um through random injuries those types of things and so just to come from all overcome all those obstacles and still win was just huge for our guys and just it's a fun thing to see so many different guys contribute to it everybody had a part in it um and and just exciting to see it it was unbelievable it was the most fired up i've been in a long time yeah, I mean, and I remember, I think I remember last time I had you on, which was early September, mid-September, and you was talking about that, you know, offensive line issues and just, you know, going through that all year, we, you know, and, and then you did have the same group of guys, and obviously they had a, a big a big night on Friday night, opening up some holes for your running game. Just how, how huge were, were the, your offensive line in getting that victory on Friday night? It, it really was. It was huge. You know, we early in the year we had to move a receiver and a tight end down there just to field an offensive line, not to put JV kids out there. And um, New Brockton game, I think we had our fifth string center in the game at one point. I mean, we just with the injuries and everything's going on, and those guys to be so overmatched with Wicksburg, how big and strong Wicksburg is. Those guys are huge. You know, the captains meeting like me and my son out in the backyard. You know, beside each other, and to see how big those guys were, and our offensive line just stayed tough and. You know, th- those guys were big up front, and, and they stopped a lot of the things we wanted to do. But our kids kept plugging along and never gave up, and we hit that long run late in the game to kind of bust it open for us. So 
just really proud of those guys. You know, E.C. Morin's our left tackle. He, he's a veteran guy, he, but he started on defense the last couple of years. This is his first year on offense. And our left guard, Juan Rostro, his first-year player. He's played center and right tackle and, and finally found a home at left guard. And then our center, Colton Bailey, he's missed several games this year with a high ankle sprain. And so we're just kind of getting him back full speed. Um, our right guard, Clay Smith, uh, last year was his first year playing. Um, so he didn't really get a lot of, of – minutes last year and, and getting a lot of playing time this year and then our right tackle owen rollins he's the tight end um that we actually moved down to tackle just to have linemen early in the year and he kind of just found a home there he's done a good job so um Othel Morin is a is our kind of our sixth man there i call him our swiss army knife he can play all five positions and, and those guys just really proud of and, and the effort they had and and just continue going on when things weren't going great for us so it, you know Jalen gets a lot of credit Rashawn gets a lot of credit but you can't do it without those five guys up front yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the long run that it clinched the game. The five yard uh, run by Jalen Nobles to clinch the game. I know it was on a fourth and one or under a minute left. Just what what was it on, on the sideline when, when that decision was made to go forward instead of punt in that situation? Well, I, I like to go for a fourth down, Philip. If I think we can get it, we can get it, and, and it helps you call plays. You know, because your third down play, you're not trying to get all of it. Now you're trying to get most of it, and. So I don't mind go for it on fourth down. It's kind of um, I probably do it enough to stress folks out a little bit, and so we we call a third down play that was pretty conservative, but I hope we can get it. And we miss it by just about two inches, and uh, so I, you know we get the kids on the sideline. And, and my exact quote to them was, "I said, do you want to be champions, punting the ball or champions getting a first down?" And they said, first down, coach. Let's get it." And I told them, I said, "Everybody in the stadium knows we're running quarterbacks, and the all the line looked at me and said, coach, we got them.'" And uh, we did. Not only did we get the two inches, but bust out five yards to seal it. So. Um, just, just huge and putting it in the kids' hands and letting the kids call the play. And it's their team. And that's what I try to tell them every year. If it's my team, we're going to be miserable. It's got to be their team and they've got to take some ownership in it. And, and when you let kids take ownership, you let them choose some things like that. So, you know, make or break for the region. I let the kids pick and, and they execute it. So I'm really proud of them for that. Yeah. You know, coming from Tom, you know, obviously a coach's standpoint, but when you, when you do that, when you, tell the players you're going to go out and go for it on four for one how much confidence does that give give your guys when they go out there like say hey our coaching staff our head coach believes in us we're going we're going to get this that's exactly right but i think you can't manufacture that it's got to be real and so throughout the year we try to build times like that i mean we go for it early in the season depending on the, the score it i went for it on some fourth and 11 this year um just to, and try to instill in our guys that i have confidence we can get it and if we don't our defense can stop them and so you can't wait for that moment to try to let it be big. You got to build that all season. So, any chance in a game that I think we can go for it on fourth down, uh, especially if the score is out of hand one way or the other, we'll go ahead and do it. Just get that experience doing that in the game and see what happens when we don't. So it's not shock if we didn't get it. Um, so I think you just have to build up to that. But when they've done it throughout the year and they've gotten those clutch first downs and or on fourth down, I think it you know just instills that confidence. It's just another play for us. It's not the game breaker or season breaker play. It's just the next play we're about to run. And, and I think. Building that confidence in those guys makes that a way easier decision than it would be otherwise. And I know into the fourth quarter it was seven to six. They were up on you guys, and then y'all go up fourteen to seven uh, on a on a drive that started on the eleven yard line. Just talk about you know that possession there. I know you got a big sixty six yard run uh, from Jalen Nobles in there, but then to kind of cap it off and go up, and then you, your defense all at the same time stops uh, Whisper two times in a row. And you know when you clinch it with that fourth down play following that, just you know just like that whole fourth quarter, you know the drive, what you did on defense, and all that. Yeah, and we had two long runs early in the game called back for holding penalties, and that's part of high school football. Your kids are going to hold, it's going to get called. And 
And so we had some things we liked offensively. And, but to be honest with you, our defense was playing so well. I, second half, I called it a pretty conservative game. I didn't take a lot of chances. I think we threw the ball once or twice. I mean, you got to throw the ball about 10 or 15 times a game. Um, but because our defense was playing so well, so we get the ball back on that long run and we're down. <clears throat> we saw something on the, the last drive that we liked and we ended up running quarterback counter and Jalen busted out the backside and they got a kid number five for them who he can fly. He's like a four, three guy ends up catching Jalen, but it's a horse collar. So he gives us a few more yards and then we punch it in from there. Um, and then went for two earlier and they, they stuffed us. I thought we had an easy walk in the end zone. A guy comes out of nowhere and stops us. And, and so we end up going for two to, to go up. 14-7 to seven, um, right there, and then get the ball back to them and have to get some stops at the end. I think we have to get two stops there under six minutes. And so just our defense played great. They, they killed us on a speed sweep earlier. That was their touchdown plays. I don't know how many yards it was, 40, 50-yard speed sweep to that number five. And so they get a third and about nine play, and, and they come with a speed sweep. And, and Coach Harrington, our defense coordinator, calls a perfect stunt. And our defensive lineman, Michael Ward, gets back there and stops them for a fourth and long. So they're in decision time. They got fourth and long, and they're backed up on somewhere around their own 20, and they decide to punt to us. And that's why I tell our kids, the guys, get a first down, let's, we can run this thing out. And and so just our defense playing so well. You know, our our D-line is really undersized. Um, E.C. Moore, I mentioned earlier, he's our biggest one at about 190. But the other two guys on the D-line are about 160 pounds. Uh, Jacob Blackman and I mentioned Michael Ward. And Will Rose had a couple guys in there. Some of usually those three guys live there. And, and for those guys to be matched up against that huge offensive line all night and to keep fighting and plugging and, and getting hit and getting knocked back and getting back up again, and when it mattered, they, they made a stand. And so really proud of those guys for that. You know, and talking about your defense, kind of in the first half, I mean, you guys at halftime went in with a 6-0 lead, but early on they had a couple drives where they got inside, they got near the goal line. But on fourth and goals, your defense was able to step up and, you know, hold them out of the end zone. Just how how big was that for you guys? I think it was huge. Um, that first drive of the game, they drive all the way down. And, and actually, I think they get inside the two. Um, you know, one of our emphasis in the offseason, we looked at last year's film, is we talked about we got to get more guys to the ball. We need 11 guys to the football. We need a rally to the ball. You know, we want to try to strip the ball, get get takeaways from them, but but just getting 11 guys to the ball. And I think that mentality all year, it, it paid off at the end. And, and that's what happened. That guy, both times they got inside the five, he thought they were going to score, and we have somebody come out of nowhere and make a play. Um, so just the intensity of those guys, you know, you, you want to as a coach when you leave the game Friday night, you want everybody to say that your team played harder than the other team, win, lose, or draw. And uh, and I tell our guys every time that's our goal. And whether we do it or not, I don't always know, but but that's what we're striving to do. So they, they did a good job of that. They came out, Wicksburg did, and ran the whole inverted ball, full house backfield. And they hadn't shown that on film yet. And they come out and run the triple option out of it and uh, pitch it down the sideline, and you get a huge play. Um, you know, But, again, our kids pursue. They don't give up on it, and they, they fly down there, and the kid steps out of bounds, ends up being a stop. But if our kids don't hustle down there, he walks in for a touchdown and gets another touchdown on us, and the whole game's different. So not only the two stops inside the five, but also just hustle when they get a big play, not giving up on the play, but, but sprinting down the field, and when they try to cut it back and be there. So um, just really proud of those guys. You know, I, I told you, I think, at the beginning of the year, we were going to be the smallest defense every week, but, but they play hard. And – you know, Ocel Moore and at middle linebacker and Braylon Miller, our other middle linebacker, those two guys, man, it's just unbelievable the things they do and, and how hard they play and the plays they make. And we wouldn't be where we are as a team without those two guys at inside linebacker. 
Yeah, no, I was looking uh, for our conversation. On the year, you guys have got three shutouts, and there's three other games where you held the opponent uh, a seven or, or less. I mean, defensively, you guys have been awesome. I know in the last four games in your four-game winning streak, teams are averaging only five points a game against you guys. And just when you, when you have a defense like that, does it actually make play calling, you know, offense a little bit easier knowing you've got a defense on the other side like that if you know if something bad happens they've got your back like that that's exactly right and going back to the fourth down calls you know if we're on our own 40 and it's fourth and short you know there's times i don't mind i'll go ahead and go for it and uh, the reason is because i feel like our defense is going to do a good job getting a stop right there so it, you know it gives the offense a lot of confidence too and i call plays and it gives me a lot of confidence um in, in calling some plays and Again, if you've got four downs to get a first down instead of three, you can call a lot of different plays. So it makes our second and third down calls way different. No one's going to go for it on fourth sometimes. And and just just proud of those guys for, for what they're doing um, all year. You know, the two point, the two games gave up a lot of points. The HA game, Braylon was out with ankle, um, and so we didn't have him. And you saw what a difference it made without him there to stop the run. And then the other one was Ayrton, and they've got that quarterback that's unbelievable, one of the best ones I've seen in high school, and he kind of diced us up. Um, and so outside of those two games, I thought our defense has played lights out all year. And uh, and that's why we've had the success we've had this year. You know, uh, one more thing I want to ask you before I jump into uh, this Thursday night's game. Told y'all fairs word if I say Friday, but on Thursday night's game against Geneva County in a rivalry game with you guys. But, you know, before the season, you talked with about me, and I know you said this uh, in the Death and Eagle as well. Uh, we don't want to be a winning team. We want to be a winning program. And I know you still got one more game and you got the playoffs. So, you know, you got so much, you know, uh, you know, more goals in front of you. But, uh, when you look back at that statement, winning on, on Friday night, back to back region champions, uh, where are you at now on that statement? Yeah, it, it really just validates what these kids have done, you know. And that's, I told them after the game, they're like, Coach, good job. I said, I didn't block or tackle anybody. These kids didn't. So I think it validates their hard work, you know. Um, the Since going to the region play instead of area play in football, it's the first back-to-back region champions that, that's ever been in Slocum. I think 91-92 was the last back-to-back, but that was area. So I told the kids, I said, no matter what happens the rest of the year, you're in the history books. You know, you're the first ones to do it. There might be another one, but there'll never be a first. And and so they were the first ones to do it. And so I think it's huge just to just to cement that in that we want to build a winning program here, not just have a good year because we have a couple of good athletes one year. Um, and I know after we lost to HA the way we did, and, and people would ask me, you know, what do you think about the next game? And the news would come out, WTY, whoever would ask, and WDHN would ask me what I thought. I said, well, the goal hadn't changed to win the region. And I know people in their mind, they didn't want to say it and be ugly. They're like, yeah, right, Tisdale. But, I mean, we talked about it every day. That that's our, our goal hadn't changed yet, to win the region. And then we kept that in the forefront of every day when we lifted weights, when we went to practice, when we stretched, when we drank water. We, we wanted to win the region when we did it. And so just really proud of these kids that, that – yeah, you know we we do have some good players, but one of our kids said uh, a couple weeks ago. He said, "You know, we're almost we're like the no name defense. We don't have you know we don't have tons of guys getting offers all these places. We, we're never win a bench press competition. We we would lose that, and and they're winning. And it's because of the work they put in and the effort they give every Friday night." So, you know, looking ahead to this Thursday night uh, against Geneva County, uh, just, you know, for people listening to this, maybe not know, how, how big of a rivalry is this with Slocum and Geneva County? I know you guys play every year, and, and we talk off airs like every Thursday at the end of the year on a Thursday night as well. Just uh, when these two get together, how much of a rivalry is it between the two schools? It's a big rivalry, and I think the reason is, I think it's changed since I was in school. Social media has made it where you know these guys on the other teams. When I was growing up, our coach could just lie to us. We didn't know anything about the other guys we were playing. And, and now <laughs> these kids know each other. They grow up with each other. But it's also the guys they're going to see the rest of their life. 
So when they go to the gas station, and you know when they're my age, that's who they're going to see. When they go eat at Zach's or they go out to eat um, wherever they may go out and eat, these are the guys they're going to see. And so it's bragging rights the rest of their lives. So I think that where social media has made it where they know each other and probably they're better friends than we were back when I was young with, with other schools. But it, but it makes that intensity up a little bit because you know it's going to be etched in history. And, and when you see that guy dropping your kid off at daycare and he's dropping his kid off at daycare, you know in the back of your mind you beat him. And, uh, and that goes a long way small town. So um, I think it's a big robbery. I think it's a good robbery. It's friendly. There's no ill will towards either one of us. But you definitely want to win and have those bragging rights the rest of your life. Uh, so, and of course, you know, we're in a uh, Recording this on a Sunday evening, just uh, from what you've seen so far at Geneva County, uh, uh, what's going to be the keys uh, for you guys to come out on top on Friday, on Thursday night? Well, in, anytime Nick Saban offers somebody a scholarship on the other team, it's not exciting. Um, <laughs> and so, of course, they have the Henderson kid that's the five-star and, and one of the top running backs in the nation, and, and he's the real deal. He can go, and uh, he's a big kid. You know, he's not some little shrimp. I mean, I don't know how tall he is now, 6'2", 195, something like that, and, and a legit 4'4 guy. Uh, you know, a lot of people say they run four four. Go race this kid and see who really runs a four four, and 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 he can go. Uh, but they're not a one man show. They got some other speed too. The prior kid, and they've got a good quarterback this year. They're huge up front. They're bigger than us. Um, you watch them play Wicksburg on film, and uh, up front they're kind of like Wicksburg. They're big, strong, thick kids. So it's going to be a tough, tough task. You know, the Henderson kid can get loose any play. You know, I mean, it, there's no difference in him being on your one or his one because once he breaks through, nobody's catching him. And so I think that's going to be a big challenge for us this year is not letting him get loose or, or not letting him get loose too often at least. And then defensively, they do a good job. They like to bring a lot of pressure, play a lot of man defense on us uh, in the secondary, and they're going to try to do everything they can to stop the run and make us throw it, and we know that. Um, and so we've got to be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit to have success. But, you know, as good as Henderson is, they have some other players around him to go. They're not a one-man show. And so, you know, if they were a one-man show, it would make it a little bit easier at least. We could put 11 guys on that one, but that's not – if you do that there, you're going to get burned. And so Coach Triplin does a good job with play calling and routing you focusing on Henderson. Here comes another kid out the backside with the ball. So it's going to be a tall task for us this Thursday. In a short week, you know, after playing off in Wicksburg and being a little bit beat up and, and getting back in there mentally and coming off this high win in the region back-to-back as getting back close again for this game versus Hartford. So it's going to be a tough week of preparation and, and just, you know, but like our kids, we're ready to get back out on the field and try to do it again. That's going to be a fun one. I'll be uh, keeping my eyes on that one on Thursday night. And, uh, Coach, I do appreciate you coming on again. I probably kept it a little bit longer than I usually do, but I do always appreciate uh, you coming on. And is there anything uh, about uh, your team or anything, you know, going into the, the last game of the regular season and into the playoffs that I didn't ask about that you'd like to mention? Uh, I just want to say that, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, Jalen or Sean, Braylon get a lot of publicity, but, you know, it takes a lot of kids to play football. And so we, we dress about 40 kids. And every one of those kids are our region champion. Every one of those kids made us better at practice every day. Um, they do things to make the starters better. They're ready to come in. We have a kid that, that really played a lot of JV this year that never even played varsity. Told, um, he makes his first start, Delville. So Delville, then he goes into op. He's never even played on a varsity field before. And there he is starting versus op in Wicksburg. So just that it takes a team to do it. And I'm just proud of these kids and, and the work they put in. And, and our coaching staff is a great group of guys. And, and so it, it's definitely a team effort, and it's a ton of fun. I know that. Well, I wish you all the good luck this Thursday and, and into the playoffs as well when you get that going the week later. And, uh, Coach uh, Tisdale, I always appreciate the time, and I look forward to talking to you sometime down the road. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you. 
All right, thanks again for Coach Tisdale for coming on the show. Always appreciate him coming on and talking about the Red Tops. And uh, as we kind of close out this week's edition of the show, kind of go over the schedule for this week. Now, this is a very, very limited schedule because a lot of teams are not playing this week. They pick this as their off week, so not as many games uh, to talk about going on in the Wiregrass this Friday night and some, some Thursday night games as well. And 7A Region 2, uh, Enterprises, their season is done, so that's it for them. Uh, Dothan will host McGill Tulin on Friday night, uh, so you can hear that game on 96.9 The Legend with pregame starting at 645, and kickoff is at 7. In 5A Region 2, Carroll at 4 and 5 will be at 6 and 2 Tallahassee. 2 and 7 Charles Henderson will be at 8 and 0 Brantley. And on Thursday night, you'll have Northside Methodist at 2 and 7 at 0 and 9 Ashford. On Thursday night also, Slocum at 6 and 3 will be at Geneva County at 5 and 4 because we talked about that game with Coach Tisdale. Providence at 3 and 6 will be at 3 and 6 Florala. 71 GW Long will be at 6 and 3 Houston Academy. 0 and 8 Pike County will be at 1 and 7 Abbeville. 0 and 9 Zion Chapel will be at 1 and 8 Pleasant Home. So, like I said, very limited schedule uh, for this Friday with it being the last week and a lot of teams choosing to use this as their off week and not playing this week. But this is the last week of regular season. And this is the last game for the Dothan Wolves this Friday night, but does not mean this will go away. As long as there are playoff teams in the area playing, we'll keep coming every week with a Wiregrass High School Football Report. Hey, maybe we'll have our last year where we go all the way to the state championship game because remember both Abbeville and Abbeville Christian made it to state last year. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we can have something like that happen again this year. And that's going to do it for this episode. Once again, thanks to Coach Richard Tisdale for coming on the show. And I look forward to being back next week i look forward to hoping you guys listening to the final uh, dothan wolves game of the season uh, this friday night as uh, jerry coleman ken lambert and myself bring you all the action from ripuse stadium uh, remember you can find me on social media at p jordan sec the podcast is available on apple Podcasts. so please subscribe rate and review leave a review i will read it on a future edition of the show you can also listen to the show over on 955.tvy.com 969thelegend.com and 1067kmx.com and you can always email me at sports.philjordan at gmail.com i hope everybody has a great rest of the week and until next time bye bye